thank you so much for tuning in to Soy Chingona. I am your host, E. Marie, and this is episode 19. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to name this yet, but I will figure it out before I post it. Um, I wanted to kind of give you listeners, um, one, a little recap from the last time that I did a personal um, podcast. Um, which was back in um, late August, and it was episode four, which seems like so long ago, Um, and it was called My 36th Birthday. And I opened up to uh, my listeners about all kinds of different emotional things. Kind of wanted to give you guys a quick recap since then. Um, I am still on my healing journey, and... that will never end. That will be an ongoing thing um, that I am actually now enjoying. Um, I feel like I've gotten through a lot of the rough parts of that. Um, and now I'm just learning to use all the tools that I've gained um, during the process. Um, meditation is a huge one for me. Um, doing daily mantras and manifesting and putting all of me out there, um, out into this world, to the universe, and giving my all and hoping that I receive, um, a little good, you know, comes my way. Um, my relationship with my poppy, um, has been a slow process. Of course, since my birthday, I've seen him, um, at weddings, at birthday parties. Um, our family gets together a lot for football, Um, my youngest sister is here with my niece and she's been down in San Diego visiting. Um, so I've been seeing my dad a lot more because she's here and she doesn't drive. So I take her down to go see my dad and visit. Um, and it's been pretty awesome. You know, we don't get into deep conversations. Um, definitely our conversations are limited. Um, but I think a lot of being able to maintain my relationship, um, with my puppies to really, um, enforce the boundaries that I've learned. Um, I know that's been new for, um, my family is my boundaries. Um, I have really put my foot down on those. And I think sometimes that's harder for the people around me to grasp onto, um, because they're so used to, who I was and not who I'm trying to grow and become as a woman. So it's hard when you're trying to move forward in this new light, these new directions and these new things coming to you. And you're still the same you, right? I'm still the same Erica no matter what. Um, But I'm growing in different ways and they don't see that, acknowledge it or respect it. So they still treat me like I'm the crazy control freak with a temper and I'm just a loud angry Latina woman um and that's really hard because I'm getting treated like that from the people that are close to me um and people that I truly do love um so that's been a little difficult on this road um since my 36th birthday I 
started, um, oh, I went to Mexico and I did my trip in Aguas Calientes. Um, I ventured off to Guadalajara and then back to Aguas Calientes. I was there for about nine, 10 days. Um, it was such a beautiful experience. Um, I get emotional just thinking about it because I cannot wait to go back. That whole traveling experience, um, was very new to me. I mean, I didn't realize, even though I grew up um, bordering Tijuana, and we grew up crossing all the time, um, I never viewed Mexico as another country. I mean, it was just so familiar and homely for me. So to go into a whole other world of Mexico and experience that was just incredible to me and made me feel very privileged. Um... And yes, we'll go deeper into that word privilege a little later. But it did make me feel privileged as an American um, that I was able to travel into that beautiful country that are our neighbors and be able to freely um, experience uh, their life, their food, um, their energy, um, everything about it was just incredible. I had never felt so grounded in my life. Um I literally, one morning that I was there, I think it was probably the second morning I was there, I went outside and took off my slippers and put my feet in the ground and literally felt grounded and felt connected. It was very powerful. That trip was very spiritual for me. Um... I was upset when my husband first told me he was, wasn't interested in going with me, but for some reason he kind of knew that I had to do this by myself and go by myself. Um, and he really encouraged me to do that. And he also knew that whatever I was searching for that, um, not like he was going to be in the way, but I, I think he just, he knew how much I needed to do this for myself and by myself, um, more than I did at the time. Um, the spiritual part of it (laughs) was really trippy for me. Um, the guys that I had stayed with, um, Andreas and Paco, they had a friend, um, Ale and, Within the first 20 minutes of her and I meeting each other, she started asking me questions um, about a very old school practice. And I've talked about it in other episodes um, on the podcast, uh, Santaria. And my abuelita was very secretive um, with the practice of Santaria. Um, And I think that was a huge regret of mine that I never got to connect with my abuelita spiritually. Um, and now that she's passed, it's, I still have this thing in me that's just still dying to connect with her. And when I was down in Mexico, um, my Spanish isn't the greatest and this girl's English wasn't the greatest, but we didn't need a lot of words in between us to understand each other, um, because we connected without having just words thrown back and forth at each other. 
Um, we didn't need that. It's what we felt and that's how we connected and how we shared our stories with one another. And she asked if I had practiced Santeria. And this is someone, like I said, I didn't know. We didn't meet ahead of time, nothing. Um, she was just a friend that I had met. And I had told her no. She asked me a lot of details about my family, which was really crazy. Um, she brought up my abuelita. Well, she asked me who my family practiced Santeria. And I told her that it was my abuelita um, that she had passed the year before. And she had told me that um, my abuelita had sent me to Mexico. That she had sent me there to go on the spiritual journey and discover who who I was, who I am, and who I want to be. And it was kind of almost like her gift to me. Her gift, you know her gift from beyond the spiritual world and coming through that girl to tell me these messages was really amazing and um I've been doing a lot of research on Santeria since then um another trippy thing that she had asked me was if I was a Santero de Muerte um which for anybody who knows me um I've always been very connected um with death in a very beautiful way I've never been scared of it um it's always been very present in my life even as a child I mean I worked at a cemetery for six years um my husband and I got married at the cemetery that I worked most of my mom's family was buried there um it was always like my runaway place that when I really wanted alone time I would go there um because it was always something very beautiful to me, like I said. And she asked me, she said that my abuelita was not um, Santero de Muerte. She said, she asked me what my abuelita was. And again, I've never had these conversations with my abuelita, um, detailed conversations like that. It was always just like her kind of making jokes and then not really telling us things. Um, and I had said, uh, Santero de Dinero. And she said, oh, your grandma had good luck. And I said, absolutely. Um, who knows what my grandma really cleaned out from going to all her bingo nights and her casino nights. Um, but that connection was just amazing. And I felt so beautiful inside and out and got to experience my culture in a whole nother light. And... I'm very grateful for that opportunity. I can't wait to go back. Um, I was planning to try to go back this year and do once a year trip. But now we have friends that might be getting married in Mexico in November. So we might be heading out there in November. Um, I would like to go back out to Aguas Calientes and spend more time there. I've even thought about maybe next time I go out there. Um, not this year, but next year. Staying out there for like a month and actually running a studio and being out there and um taking it to another level um of staying out there and being rooted and grounded and um, so i can't wait for that i'm really excited for those things to come up um and i met in amazing people that i will stay in contact with that will always be in my heart and share that with that spiritual journey with 
um, they were a huge part of that. And I make sure that they know that um, and how much love that I have for them. Um, but it, like I said, just incredible. And I can't wait to go back out there. Um, coming back home was very difficult for me. Um, I'm sure for anybody, right, that you go on vacation, like the coming back home and getting back into the groove of things is, you know, can be a little complicated. Um, and it was complicated for me because I really did not want to come back home. And I remember the night that I came back home, my husband, I had told my husband that he was the only reason why I came back home and I needed him to know that and what that meant. Because honestly, if it wasn't for him, I would not have came back. I would have stayed out there and found like a little job and lived a very simple life out there Um, because it's very, it's simple, easy, beautiful life that you live out there. And I really want to experience that on a different level. Um, So I will be planning that in the future, (laughs) but for now I'm home. Um, I did actually, um, got some great job opportunities along the ways, um, that I've had, I had to make some rough decisions cause there were money on the table being offered was definitely money needed, um, and good money too, and great opportunities. Um, but it still just didn't feel right. Um, and a lot of these opportunities were in things that I've done in the past that I was good at. But again, just because I'm good at something doesn't mean that I want to do it for a living and make a job out of it. Um, so I thought really hard about what could be a great move, what I'm good at, what I enjoy doing, um, which is organizing and event planning and, you know, all that stuff that comes along, um, with organizing chaos basically and I'm fortunate enough to have a cousin who has a very um creative side to her um she can see something and recreate it and turn put her own twist to it make it her own so her and I sat down one day and I told her what I was visioning and if she wanted to come along that journey with me of opening a party planning business event coordinating business And she immediately was in for it and put her heart and soul into it and became passionate about learning more. And she is the most amazing person that I could have went into business with. Um, So now we have a business called um, Party Easy. Um, And of course, we work out of San Diego and we do any events, big or small, birthdays, baby showers, um, fundraisers we've done, um, trying to stay away from doing full weddings, um, but definitely bachelorette parties and so on. Um, but one of our main focuses is going to be community events and collaborating with other local organizations to create, um, more community events, to create more connections within the community. Um, you know, how do we help out one another and, you know, there's businesses that could be sitting side by side together, helping each other, Um, and they just need to know that and connect with each other. Um, I really feel like it's a really cool opportunity for us too, because I'm a firm believer in you get what you give. So the more you put out there and the more you give, the more you're going to, um, be able to get, um, which is really awesome, um, feeling to be a part of something like that. 
so now we're on that journey. We just launched about two weeks ago. Um, and now I feel like I have a purpose again, right? And a purpose to what I want to do. And, you know, we have goals for our company and where we want to go and how we want to, how we want to look. And it's just been a really, um, incredible thing to be a part of, um, with her. Like I said, I'm really lucky to have a business partner like her. So I feel like you're caught up from the most part, um, from me doing a recap update of a sort, um, from episode four of my 36th birthday. So the other thing that I wanted to talk to you, um, to my listeners about was the pros and cons that I've experienced, um, as a podcaster so far. Um, and of course we're going to start with the pros first (laughs) and wow, the amazing women that I've got to sit down with and do one-on-ones with and get their stories. It's just been so moving and so empowering, um, for me. And I really didn't know where this podcast was going to go. Um, now I have more of a, a vision in mind of what I see for Soy Chingona. Um, but to have people be vulnerable with me and then in return have me share their vulnerability on my platform is I'm just honored. I don't know how other way to put that. Um I'm meeting so many incredibly incredible people and I'm excited for this year to bring you guys different topics and different stories from um a diverse group of people. Um of course our my focus here on Soy Chingona is um women of color, people of color. Um I've said this before. Um I like to root for the underdog and in these cases I feel um that I am an underdog um when it comes to the world of podcasting. So that is the audience that I like to reach. Now then again um, doesn't mean that I don't want to put out, um, content out there for other viewers, um, for, for instance, um, people that I've talked about in past episodes, my white friends and my white family. And I am looking forward to having, um, some of those people that I've talked about in the past come on my episodes and I'm looking forward to have some really, um, deep conversations, um, and going back and forth a little bit with people who know me very well, um, and people that I can actually, like I said, sit down and have a conversation with. Um, I will always be open to having a conversation with anybody, especially when it comes to my podcast. Um, with people who disagree on points that I've made or don't agree with, um, my political stance in this world or things that I put out there in social media. And I'm always willing to have a conversation. If you are a person who is looking for an argument, I'm not the right person to talk to. Um, again, I have my boundaries and I will 
stick to them and I will put my foot down on on those boundaries and how I allow people to speak to me. Um, so <laughs> with that, uh, also too, um, I'm going to be having some amazing, um, males on my show and I'm really excited for that. Um, I'm really excited for the Latino perspective. Um, and we're going to be talking about some really cool things coming up and, um, some really, touchy subjects, um, but getting a male's perspective and, and how they feel, um, about, you know, the same things that we go through. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so that's going to be really exciting. With that, um, the cons, um, have been a little overwhelming. Um, Mostly because the cons are from my friends and family that I am close to. Um, and I will be honest because that's the only way I know how to do this. Um, and it is the cons that I get or the feedback, negative feedback that I get, um, are from my white friends and my white family. Um... I said earlier, when I was talking about Mexico, I said I felt privileged as an American, um, which is a statement that I will always stand by. I do feel privileged as an American. I do feel privileged as a Mexican-American. I do feel privileged as a light, a lighter-skinned Mexican-American. Um, I do believe that being born in this country, that I've had more opportunities at my feet than my relatives that were born in Mexico. Um, that word privilege is something that I've noticed um, people get really offended by. And I don't quite understand why people cannot own their own privileges. Um... So it seems that when I have said that, and I'm not saying this in a broad thing to all white people, I'm saying in my experience and my white friends and family that I've had discussions with, um, I feel that when I have used that word to them and have said that word privilege, that they believe that I am taking something away from them. Um, like I'm taking away their hard work. Um, I've taken away the things that they've done in their life, um, to be successful in whatever they're doing. It's almost like I'm ripping those things from them, but that's not what privilege means. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with owning that word at all. Um, I own it, but yeah, I'm still trying to do something about it and still putting myself out there in ways to pay respect to the privilege that I do have that someone else doesn't. So I do get very confused um, when my family gets offended um, about things like that, about, you know, those statements and those words. Um, cons of a podcast, uh, putting myself out on a podcast, I do not filter, I do not edit. I post how I feel and what I'm going through at that time. I did have a friend tell me that 
maybe my family, maybe my other family and friends don't understand that I am going through all this stuff in front of an audience. So I will have, you know, opinions that I put out there that may not be correct. Or I will say things that will hurt and offend people. And I don't mean to, obviously, but I'm in this process right now. I'm growing right now. There's words that I've never used in my whole entire life that I just discovered what they meant in the last like two years. And because I'm, I'm willing to learn and and willing to grow and willing to do it in front of strangers. So I'm having a hard time right now. Um, getting this part out in the podcast that I wanted to talk about because it's really hurtful to me um but I think um some people are really hurt by those words that I that I say and use and I don't think these people are comfortable enough to just come talk to me and have a conversation with me about it even though I've offered um, to sit down and have conversations. So with that, um, I did have a cousin of mine who I'm close to. Um, really um, exclude me from his life, him and his wife, um, recently married and... It was like a two-week struggle of trying to figure out why they were so upset with me. And the wife kept saying she wasn't upset with me, but her actions were saying something completely different. And they were excluding me from things, from events that normally I wouldn't have been excluded from. So me, being the way that I am, I finally called them out on it and wanted to know why was I not being invited to something I felt like I was being treated like I did or said something wrong, but I didn't know what that was. So for me, I couldn't try to fix the problem if they don't communicate with me what their problem was. But it kept dragging on that there was no problem, no problem. Then it finally came out and my cousin was very verbally abusive. And if he listens to this, that is something that I will not take back (laughs) at all. (laughs) Um... Because that's what it was. And I try to put my boundaries um, right away and block phone numbers because it was very aggressive, very intense. Um, I'm sorry, but a male speaking to me in those tones are triggers for me. And you know what? I actually shouldn't be sorry because that's not my fault. (laughs) They are triggers for me. And those are things that I am working on every single day. But a male speaking to me in that way um, and putting me down and criticizing and calling me the victim and telling me that um, I think I can say whatever I want because I have a podcast with no consequence. So I don't know if they're trying to feed me a lesson of consequence by cutting me out of their lives, but um, that's where it's at now. Um, these conversations had started with me posting stuff on social media, um, and I had posted a couple things talking about my privilege as a Mexican American. 
And for some reason, calling out my privilege really struck people. I don't know if it's maybe they look at their own lives and their own stuff and and start getting upset about the things that, that they're not willing to get educated on and really figure out where their stance is in the world. So I got a lot of backlash from that. And then it became where it was just those few cousins that all agreed on that were all on that side just kind of started bullying me on social media. It was just like I couldn't even cut them off without them finding a way to get a message to me. And it was quite disgusting to me because again, I see these family members all the time and they have every opportunity to have conversations with me face to face. But the world of social media just gives people balls in other ways that they just couldn't face in person. So So I sat with another cousin because I was kept thinking, okay, well maybe all my white cousins are feeling the same way. Maybe they're all pissed off and and hurt by me because of my stance in life. And I sat down with another cousin and although he didn't seem as upset, um that word again privilege really bothered him. I made a joke about me looking like a or me I made I made a comment about me being a light skinned Mexican. And he said, Well damn, if you're a light skinned Mexican, what the hell am I? Cause they're half Irish and, and look Irish. And it made me sad that he said that because he still didn't get it. My point was is that the world does not see him at all in any shade of brown. The world does not treat him that way. Yes, we all have the same opportunities. We were born into the same family. We have the opportunities. I have the same opportunities that he does. I know that. But what he doesn't understand, what they don't understand, is that I have way more roadblocks in between my opportunities than they do. And I do believe that. I do believe that our system in America, I do believe that our education system is set up for the success of a white male. That is what I believe. And I am so sorry if that statement hurts you personally. But to me, if that statement hurts you so much, I really feel like you need to start looking at yourself and your place in this world. And... I I think the thing that trips me out about it is that um, my cousin is in a profession that I don't agree with. <laughs> um, but I still supported him. And when he had his graduation and did all that, I was the cousin that was there supporting him. Because no matter what I feel that my personal belief in his profession and his standpoint... It didn't matter because 
He was doing this for him. This was his life. And all I wanted to do as a prima was support. I don't think he realizes that. Why I went to all of their graduations. Why I went through every time they graduated from an academy, whatever thing that I was there, was to support. No, I don't like what they're doing. I don't agree with their standpoint on things. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to exclude them from my life. They are my family. (laughs) They're my blood. And again, then I start thinking through podcasting. I've learned a lot about our perception. And, you know, my my best friend Mo is the one that, that really taught me, you know, how just the way you perceive things and you know same situation same thing staring at you in the front of your face but you see it totally different and I have learned that a lot through podcasting I've learned that you know with sharing stuff with my family you know I've mentioned stuff about my abuelita you know um before and I wasn't close to her growing up um she was a woman who had her favorites and had no problem as a grandma um kind of showing that and because I was or I am the oldest out of the grandkids on that side I think I dealt with a lot more of that stuff when I was younger and I saw more felt more of that things than my other cousins did but what I did learn is that for all my cousins, like our perception and, and who we had as a Walita was completely different for each of us. You know, me and my sisters had our own version of my Walita and my one set of cousins who look more Indian, mestizos, had one perception of her. And then my cousins who are Irish that look Irish they have another perception of her. And I told my cousin when we sat down for breakfast, I told him that he did get the best version of our Wilita. And that's awesome that he got that. Like, that's awesome for him in his life. But um, we didn't. <laughs> we had the grandma who showed off her white grandkids and told us to go play outside. We had the grandma who chose to babysit her white grandchildren over her brown grandchildren because she was watching us and she was our babysitter and as soon as my white cousins needed a babysitter it was with no warning that she was there for them and stopped watching me and my sister and we got sent to a babysitter who was with me very physically abusive very angry woman so I say these things and I share these things because this is my truth And especially to my cousins, I'm not playing the fucking victim. I'm telling you my truth. I'm telling you my story. What I went through. Again, great for you that you didn't have those experiences within our family. That's great for you. But you have no idea the things that I went through in our same family. You know, these are the cousins that crack up at my dad and think, oh my God, he's so funny. Crazy Uncle Carlos says all this stupid, crazy shit and talks out of his ass and everybody laughs at him. Yeah, 
that again is great for you that you had the funny crazy uncle carlos because that crazy funny uncle carlos was my fucked up meth head father so when we went home me and my sisters didn't get that fun crazy uncle we got the fucked up meth head again I think these are things that my cousins are barely learning in life. They weren't, they didn't know these things growing up. Unfortunately, I knew way too much of this shit growing up. So I lived through it. And I'm not saying that because you learn someone else's truth that you should start treating that person different. I know my dad's always going to be that crazy uncle to my primos and I appreciate who my dad is for them just like I appreciate who my dad is as a grandpa just how I appreciate who my mom is as a grandma because my parents are fucking amazing grandparents they really truly are but they were horrible parents especially when it was just me with two stupid crazy young kids that had no idea what they were doing they were trying to play house (laughs) just like my version of my dad and my mom was different than my sisters and what their version was of my mom and dad you know and sometimes as sisters you know they may say stuff that I get annoyed with and I'm like "Uh, I had it so much fucking harder than you So when you say these things, it makes me laugh. Um, But we talk about that and and laugh off those things now and have conversations about, you know, our parents and stuff. And so with all this, um, I've now put my boundaries on my cousins, um, one in particular, um, But any other my cousins that are listening to this or any other my friends that are listening to this, I put the same boundaries. I'm such a person that's willing to have a conversation. And if you just want to fight and argue about it, I don't have the time or energy for you in my life. You want to make me seem like the bad guy and this loud, controlling, angry Latina girl. That sucks for you because you're really missing out on the best version of me that I've ever been ever in my whole entire life and you're missing out because your family's growing and I don't know if I'm ever going to be a part of that growth of your family because you're upset with my stance in life so I had a cousin tell me Almost like, well, if you keep doing this stuff and keep saying the things that you're doing, like, you almost kind of have to be prepared to lose more people in your life. And he's right. And I told I told him, like, that's been a hard pill to swallow. I've been trying to deal with that more and more. Like, accepting that. Like, honestly, I don't know how famous people deal with this shit when they're on the rise. <laughs> like... All the love and all the hate they get all at once is 
<laughs> incredible for them and how they handle it. Yes, I know they get paid billions to handle it, but still, that shit takes a lot out of you. I am the best version of me that I've ever been in my life is right now who I am right now. But I have so much more growing to do and I have so much more of me that I'm putting out into this world. So I'm not going to stop. Again, I'm sorry if my opinion, my perception, my values are an annoyance to you. And I had said before that maybe you guys shouldn't follow me on social media. If, you know, all these things really upset you, then don't follow me. And I told you I wouldn't be offended, and I didn't. However, I am offended how it's been handled when it comes to your life. Fuck social media. Fuck Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, shit. (laughs) Like, fuck all that. That's not real. But you took it a step further to literally push me away from your life. So now I stand at the point of, I don't really know what's going to happen from here on out with those family members. Um, Putting boundaries, like I said, has gone both ways, has been good and bad. It seems like the people around me are not very accepting of my boundaries. And when I say boundaries, they laugh it off as me playing a victim to a certain situation. And that, that to me is a cop out. It's a cop-out for you not wanting to actually deal with your own truth and have a conversation with your cousin who loves you very much. So I've had... I've cut out people. I'm now very selective on social media. I do check out people when they follow me. I do check out their Instagram and look at what I feel when I look at their Instagram does it make me feel good or does it make me feel weird is it creepy to make me feel bad because I'm not going to allow any of those things into my space so I don't positive spin on all this is the women and the people who have reached out to me thanking me for the things that and the content that I put out on my podcast. Um, the people that I don't know who listen to my podcast and send me messages may feel connected to me The woman that that said that she needed to hear another woman of divorce so that she knew she wasn't alone. The woman that reached out to me that tried to commit suicide a couple months ago but felt found so much comfort in the words that I had said. So no, it doesn't feel like a fair trade. 
to me. <laughs> it's not a, a fair trade. But. Those are the people that. Encourage me not to stop. And I think I have more love than haters out there. At least I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> but the feedback that I get. But that love and support. That is what makes me want to keep putting myself out there. And keep talking about subjects that are, are uncomfortable. I mean, there's going to be subjects coming up this year that we're going to be talking about that make me uncomfortable because I'm not knowledgeable in these things or terms or newer ways of thinking about certain stuff that goes on. Um, I'm a little old school in some of my ways and not so progressive, I guess. So, but I'm willing to put myself out and get uncomfortable because for me that's the thing that's helped me the most to grow is putting myself in uncomfortable situations I'm proud of who I am right now and I overly care about the people that I love the most my sisters always tell me that I care way too much about people but I do, and that part is never going to change because that is Erica. That's what makes me me. So I hope this episode has given you a little clarity on where I've been, where I'm at, and a little bit more um, direction and where I want to be. And um, this is been quite a journey a little roller coaster up and down with soy chinglona but i am proud of everything that i put out i go back and listen to my episodes um to try to learn from the things that i've said um and the things that i put out there because again this is real time so Sorry if I've hurt you or offend you, but I really do ask you to look into yourself and ask why you are hurt and why you are offended by the things that I say. And I'm here if you want to have a conversation about it, if you want to talk about it. I'm here. So I look forward to bringing you guys um, deeper content. I look forward to taking things to another level with the podcast and getting out there more and more exposure and so excited for all the amazing things that I have coming up um, with my party planning, party easy and almost done writing my book, my boppy issues. I'm also going to do another short book um, of the blog that I had at that of our infertility journey that we went through. Um, cause I just want women to know that they're, we all have a story to tell. We all have our own truth and content to put out there and I have no right to judge someone's truth and 
hopefully we can check a couple people that are out there so that they stop judging too. But I'm going to take that as a wrap up now because I can go on for another 45 minutes and um, hopefully you guys got some good stuff out of this and please leave me some comments and let me know. Um, let me know what you think, where you think I'm at, where I'm going with the podcast. Let me know if you know anybody out there that you think should really share their story because it's amazing and they just need it for themselves also, not just for me and not just for someone else out there. So thank you everyone (laughs) for listening and I'm going to go cry this shit out a little bit and then move on. Till next time, fist up, chingonas.